Rabbi Yaakov Menken of the Coalition for Jewish Values joins me to discuss the horrific rise in anti-Semitism. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, the rabbi and I also discuss the left's targeting of Hasidic schools and its ugly view of Israel. Follow the Sarah Carter Show wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart Cherry Gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. Here, I'm just going to state a fact. It's not political. It's not, an, it's not an advertisement. It's just a fact. So there's this thing in the United States Senate called filibuster. It's a library. We talk about things like facts here. Okay. And it has been used over the years in a way that I think many of us would would agree has been used to obstruct progress. Obstruct progress, whatever that means there, from the Vice President of the United States. Welcome to the show. We have, it's a weird news day. I've got a lot of midterm updates for you. Uh, The polling is starting to, I guess you could say, kind of very dramatically close in a number of states, and we're going to go over all of that. We also have some of the latest as it pertains to wokery and what happened over the weekend, get you caught up, all that stuff. But first and foremost, welcome to the program. It is your hostess, Dana Lash. Always happy to be with you. We'll start your Monday off properly. Now, a couple of things. I have some economic headlines, too. I'm not very happy to share those with you uh, because none of it good, as you can imagine. Not a single bit of it good. Uh, we have on wh- whether it's interest rates, wages, et cetera, et cetera. But just a quick note on this, on Democrats and crime. I was thinking about when I was going through and I was organizing all of these, you know, the economic headlines and everything else. And I'm looking at all of this. And see, now last week when we had this, this announcement that they were going to be doing this with uh, the marijuana, the pot bill, I thought that's kind of dumb for Democrats to do because they're not really, um, they just don't really have, they can't defend themselves on crime. There's no way that they can defend themselves on crime at all. So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, well, why would they end up introducing something like this? Because they're going to have to now sit here and answer questions about, you know, I thought you people, I thought you were not soft on crime at all. I think they're actually doing it, though, because they, I, I think they would rather take that as a distraction. Honestly, I think they would rather take it as a distraction. 
something to anything so that they don't that's how bad everything the economy is affecting them i was looking at also approval rating for the president his uh especially as it relates to economic issues not good so now you can kind of see his job approval rating i mean he's if you i mean i just didn't think that he could drop further but he continues to the average that he had went from like 54 to now it's 53.5 so it's still dropping incrementally and kind of a just a credit not good still dropping they still don't there's just no way they're going to be so of course why not just well we'll we'll look we'll look like we're doing the bare minimum as it pertains to law and order the absolute bare minimum and so that's what you have with this i think this pot bill so this and a million things it's like i said it's a weird news day we're going to get into it and i'm you know i'll give you the latest kind of on ukraine or whatever as well just imagine we've sent billions of dollars again so i thought this was interesting too i saw this in the new york times this morning this is one of the first pieces that i saw so do you remember los angeles city council they were all about defunding the police very important defund the police defund the police and with defunding of the police the there was well and they they moved i was trying to remember it was a significant portion of cash that they moved from uh that this was already allocated that they moved from funding police to other i mean it was basically like entitlement stuff and they ended up moving this stuff defunding police and now crime has increased crime has skyrocketed and now you have the president of the los angeles city council getting in major trouble she's facing calls to resign leaked audio came out and she apparently made some pretty racist and disparaging remarks about the black child of a white city council member and also made pretty disparaging and bigoted remarks about indigenous immigrants in the Koreatown neighborhood. Now, the New York, New York Times has this piece, and it's quite interesting. They said that it exposed longstanding racial tensions and governance of one of the nation's most multicultural cities, as well as fault lines amongst the city's Democrats. It was a profanity-laced recording, and it was first reported by the L.A. Times, and then the New York Times got it. And they said that City Council President Nori Martinez, who is Latina, compared the black child of a white council member to a Spanish slur for uh, that meant little monkey, apparently. And she also called for some immigrants living in Koreatown, quote, short, dark, little, short, little, dark people, end quote, is what she said. Not really what you want to be on, not really what you want to have on camera, not really what you want to hear the president of city council saying. And I'm sure, obviously, I, nobody knows who actually was specifically who leaked the recording. It was apparently from October 2021. There's so much in this that I thought perfectly exposes everything with the left. So you have a leftist, you have a leftist city council member saying this and in addition to this leftist city council member saying what they're saying this is the same city council member that was leading the call to defund police all of this happening at once all of this in one little story which i think perfectly encapsulates the left and so this and we're looking at new york crime too 
or in, in Los Angeles crime, New York, Los Angeles, all of these areas. This is the other thing that is just shooting up to the top of voters' concerns. So you have crime, you have the economy, you have inflation. None of these things Democrats can actually talk to. They think they're going to kick off a little, you know, oh, we're going to go ahead and forgive XYZ as it relates to marijuana, which is incredibly interesting considering that while she was attorney general in California, Kamala Harris had one of the, I mean, craziest records in locking up people for minor pot offenses. You don't even have to be, you know, one of the uh, legalized marijuana, whatever people in order to see that, uh, you know, maybe the fact that, you know, you would have someone who would go to jail for and there were a number of stories on this where you would have like actual predators who would be slapped with like very similar sentencing to someone who had a minor pot offense. I mean, there you got some questions. You got some questions. But they can't speak to any of these things. None of them. None of them at all whatsoever. And so now, that little whatever it was that Biden passed, this forgiveness for these, for these other offenses as it relates to marijuana, that's not going to do. That's, that's not going to do anything. That's not going to be enough to like sway people. Okay, well, I wasn't sure before, but now I'm, I'm really, I am going to pull the lever for you. Now, a few other things. The latest. This is Arizona. Arizona Democrat, Katie Hobbs. Now she's facing off against Carrie Lake in Arizona. And Katie Hobbs has been in the news for some pretty crazy stuff lately. In Arizona, they have a, uh, this is actually kind of similar to what Europe has. After 15 weeks, you can't use abortion as birth control. Now, there's been a lot of stuff said about Arizona law. Actually, over the weekend, one of the things that I did was I went and checked it out. Specifically, wanted to make sure, wanted to, wanted to double check and make sure, because the way you hear the left talk about this online is that, oh my gosh, there's no exceptions at all whatsoever. They're going to, oh, there is not a state in the union that does not in any way prohibit the I'm going to just for the lack of a better way to say it procedure of abortion to save the mother's life. There's no state in the union that prevents it. And by the way, that's usually not what's done. And that in itself is a rarity because you have women who are working with their OBGYNs. And if there is any kind of issue, they usually identify it pretty early. Number one. So that in keeping with Arizona's 15 week period, it, I mean, they're not, it's not like they're going to pop on over to their Planned Parenthood. That's not normally how this goes. So in Arizona, they have the 15 week, uh, after 15 weeks, you can't use your, can't get an abortion for birth control. But Arizona does not prevent the, uh, all of that, the procedure, again, for the lack of a better way to say it, we all know what it is, to save the life of the mother. There is no, prohibition on that it's so disingenuous and so now you have this democratic gubernatorial nominee katie hobbs she was asked sunday on face the nation she was asked about this arizona law this this and and the arizona's law and then you have the republican uh south carolina senator lindsey graham who opposed who proposed this 15-week abortion limit limitation and which i don't know why he did but he did because now and then just it's like he helped Joe Biden make this uh, a national issue. And so she said, well, she opposed it. She opposed the 15 week limitation 
And Grams said that his is based on scientific research indicating, you know, feeling pain, et cetera, et cetera. And she was, the way she's arguing, she's essentially, and, and she's been one of those who has really backed with her words and actions and tweets and everything else. She's really pushed this whole idea of limitless you know, abortion. She was one of those who came out in support of that women's protect. What is it? The Women's Reproduction Protection Act. And that's the one where removing all limitations, et cetera, et cetera. This is you have to realize that something like 70 percent of United States of the people here in the United States, when they've been surveyed on this issue, the majority of them do not fall onto the position that apparently the Democrat Party falls on, which is they are way, way, way more extreme with this stuff. And the majority of Americans who maybe consider themselves a little centrist or a little to the left, they, they're not on that same space. Now, there was still, I think it was at the Daily, was it the Daily Show, Trevor? No, they kept tweeting at me literally all weekend. I wanted to make this point too and we'll talk about this more later do you remember after bill clinton was busted for uh sleeping around he was he was credibly accused of rape by jennifer flowers and paula jones and what was hillary clinton's reaction you remember what she called them all the women who were coming out accusing her husband and there were women before those she said they were bimbo eruptions she called paula jones trailer trash do you all remember this? Bimbo eruption was a very interesting phrase. I'm just, I'm, I'm fascinated because all of the people who got mad at me for accurately, it may be harsh, but it was accurate, describing the reckless, promiscuous behavior of women who use abortion as birth control for, for describing it as skanks, that these people were this, I'm not, I've noticed some of these blue checks were the same ones who were celebrating and high-fiving Hillary Clinton. When she was calling women who have been victimized by her husband bimbos, bimbo eruptions. See, I'm not going to take any more lectures from those people. None at all. We have a lot more underway, including coming up Stephen Yates to break down some of the latest because you've had North Korea firing missiles over Japan. Uh, the late, there was a huge bridge in Crimea bombed. We're going to get into all of that. Columbus Day. It's Columbus Day. We'll talk about this as well. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, and marriage. Folks, these subjects are a big part of political dialogue today, and we talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. Right now, my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So what are you waiting for? The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Visit DanaForHillsdale.com to watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation, and sign up for this new completely free online course. That's DanaForHillsdale.com. DanaForHillsdale.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. 
This kind of interesting. NASA's theorizing that Earth's moon didn't need hundreds of years to form, that it, in fact, just had a couple hours. That's kind of interesting. They said at one point, the leading theory was that there was maybe, perhaps, a massive planet the size of Mars that crashed into Earth and then spattered a, a world's worth of gas and magma and metals that forged the moon over tens of thousands of years ago. But a study published in the Astrophysical Journal Letters on Tuesday of last week suggests something else, that the moon could have been formed in one swift exchange with a large chunk of baby Earth and its impactor's material blown into a wide orbit in a matter of hours. That's one theory. They have a a two-minute animation. It's a video online showing how the new model would actually unfold. It's, I mean, it could be. You don't know. Nobody knows. That's that's why it's fun to theorize. Uh, Also, an attack on a Crimean bridge was called terrorism by Putin, and he blamed Ukrainians' secret services culprits. Eh, golly. Maybe, maybe just there's, you know... I, I, and it was this, it's like their huge, it was already pop, uh, partly operational. It was their, one of their big bridges over in Crimea, but they, uh, they said that, oh, it's, it's, it's Ukrainian terrorism. Is it terrorism though? If you're defending your country against an invading force and that all, that came in and annexed it without a, you know, anybody batting an eye anywhere else. I'm just curious, is it considered, if you're defending yourself, is it considered terrorism if you're trying to stop the ongoing supply of resources to your opposition? Just, you know. In New York, they've issued a warning as flu cases have skyrocketed. According to NBC, they say doctors fear this flu season will be worse than in recent years because of the Rona. I think it's just going to be bad because the flu is always bad. And omega-3 is linked to improve, improve brain structure and cognition in midlife ages. Stick with us. we got a lot more in store, including gender wokery. Folks, stop overpaying and let Recoil Gunworks be your go-to for ammo. This is a great Indiana-based company. And it was actually created in a small basement in 2013. Small Midwest town in their basement. And uh, family-owned, they think like us. And they're really known for, over at Recoil Gunworks, their web-based firearms, ammo, and accessories retailer. They're really known for their police trade-in guns in great shape. They pick them, including the firearms, the lights, the sights, the scopes, tasers, and more. You can buy now, pay later, no interest. And at Recoil Gunworks, they have very, very competitive pricing. Super easy to use website as well. Just visit recoilgunworks.com slash Dana. You can search for whatever you need by caliber, weight, application. You can look for brands like Winchester, Federal. Uh, vast majority of the country, by the way, has no restrictions on receiving ammo and they will note you know they have it all up there very helpfully on their website ammo shipped to your door where legal and they explain that including illinois new jersey and connecticut you need to see the frequently asked questions on that and check the product restrictions page for further state law requirements and restrictions visit recoilgunworks.com slash dana today to get you a full list of products and use code dana to get free shipping on your next order whether you need it in the woods or on the range recoil gunworks gets it there fast and once you make your first order it won't be the last use code dana right now to get free shipping at recoilgunworks.com slash dana listen to the dana show live on the odyssey app weekdays noon to 3 p.m eastern time people have a right to be safe in their homes they have a right for their property to be safe even when part of their home may be torn away And these looters, that's unacceptable, absolutely unacceptable. I would highly suggest that if a looter breaks into your home, comes into your home while you're there to steal stuff, 
that you take your gun and you shoot him. You shoot him so that he looks like grated cheese. Because you know what? That's one looter that won't break into anyone else's home and take advantage of them when they're the most vulnerable and the most weak. That's a Florida Sheriff, Grady Judd. We've had him on the program before, and he's so great. I love the shredded cheese or grated cheese part. Grated cheese over shredded. I love it. Welcome back to the program. They had problems. I can't, I still, I mean, you're always going to have looting and whenever you have situations like this, but the fact, I still am just galled at, at the reality that there are people who use these horrific circumstances that people find themselves in and they go out and they loot. They just, they continue to, they victimize people further after they were already victimized by the storm. It's just something else to behold. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon, starting your Monday off properly. And as we barrel towards all of the latest with midterms and we look at crime increasing, for instance, when you talk about uh, because there were some cases of illegal entrants that were apprehended who were apparently part of those who were looting in Florida. But in Vegas, the individual who went on the stabbing spree was someone else who entered the country illegally, killed two in the attack on Vegas showgirls, escaped a violent crime charge last year because the DA failed to prosecute in time. And that individual, the murderer, would have faced up to four years in jail had he been convicted because of a domestic violence charge. So he was charged, 32 years old, Yoni Christian Barrios, murdering two, tried to kill six more. This was on Thursday of last week. And so he came in illegally and would have been in jail, would have had a domestic violence case. But, you know, you had the L.A. District Attorney, Jackie Lacey, didn't bring it to trial in time, waited over a year. And then the judge threw out the case because it violated the state's speedy trial laws. So he was able to walk free. Unbelievable. You have corrupt district attorneys. You have the whole, the social, the the judicial rot of restorative justice. And people further are being victimized. Not just by the criminals themselves, but the laws are victimizing people. A few other things to hit. Some of the latest with Wokery. After all of the craziness with Vanderbilt University, and this wasn't the only university. Remember, there were some university hospitals and other non-university associated hospitals that had, they put this stuff on their web pages that they engaged in this type of, I don't want to say medicine, but this type of, I don't know what you would call it, where they would unnecessarily perform surgeries to remove women's breasts or their or 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 practice uh uh basically give them hysterectomies when they didn't need it when there was no health issue at all whatsoever that required it and one of those was in tennessee of all places in tennessee vanderbilt university and they were performing that on youth you're talking i mean these are some these are minors some of these are minors Committing to that kind of permanent uh, procedure is, I mean, it's just, it's kind of unbelievable. And they had this, the thing is, is they had that on their website. So it's not like 
you know, it's not like it wasn't something that we didn't, that was hidden. They had it on their website. They, they spoke about it publicly. They were at lectures and, and uh, different events. And I mean, it was pretty well, it was, you know, pretty well known. Everybody knew it. Everybody saw it. They talked about it. There was one on video and where they were discussing the uh, procedure and how they performed on, they performed it with uh, minors. And there's a video of that that's circulating. I don't know if we have it or not, uh, but it's circulating online. So Vanderbilt University, now they said they're pausing these surgeries. The top medical center in Tennessee, pausing the surgeries. And it was for, what is it, the gender reassignment. So they came out uh, with a letter disclosing the pause to a state representative. The letter was dated on uh, October 7th. And they said, according to, in the lectures, these doctors had given lectures. The Epic Times has some video of it. They gave these lectures where they were uh, discussing how, exactly you know, how, they, how they performed it, why they felt that it was necessary, kind of bragging about it, saying it was, you know, it was great. It was a great way to get some money in. I mean, just amazing that they were even saying this stuff. And this was a pediatric doctor. It was a, it was a pediatric doctor. And the Epic Times says that the doctor and Daily Wire had uh, uh, some of these videos. It was a lecture in 2018 given by Dr. Shane Taylor, who helped launch Vanderbilt's pediatric transgender clinic that year. And she said that it was a highly profitable business, the quote-unquote transgender treatment. And because of Obamacare, insurance providers had to cover, quote, medical expenses for trans folks. And the doctor, again, pediatrics, said that each girl looking to undergo, quote, unquote, top surgery can bring in $40,000 for the hospital. The, quote, unquote, bottom surgery can bring in 20000 And the doctor was bragging that it didn't include the costs such as the hospital stay, any kind of post-op care, and anesthesia. They said a patient receiving routine hormonal treatment who is only attending a few times a year, that alone can bring in several thousand dollars, she said. Her direct quote, the female-to-male bottom surgeries, these are huge money makers. Now, just so you, again, so you understand what we're talking about here, when they, when they mention top and bottom surgery, they're talking about the removal of, and again, this is a pediatric doctor, the removal of a minor female's breast and then the, the, I guess, creation somehow of a phallus. Uh, the penis-like flesh, flesh structure is how it was described by Dr. Taylor. And that's a huge moneymaker for them. So if you do both of them, both of those surgeries, that's $60,000, not including post-op care, not including anesthesia, not including the hospital stay, where, you know, they, you can be charged for a box of tissues for like, five, you know, like $50. I, it's a huge moneymaker for them. And there was another video that showed another Vanderbilt health law expert, according to the Epic Times, that said, doctor's name is Dr. Ellen Clayton. 
Clayton told staff that conscientious, conscientious objections, any kind of conscientious objection to trans sur- transgender surgeries are, quote, problematic, and that such staff would face, quote, consequences if they declined to participate in carrying out those surgeries due to their religious beliefs. And then Vanderbilt tried to hide their materials and services. So they got on their website and they tried to hide all this stuff. They also had what they said was a trans buddy program that paired young patients with transgender activists so they could empower the patient to make informed healthcare decisions. If you can't get your ears pierced without your parents' permission, I don't see how you are anymore. This is not empowering the patient. That is, to me, it is somehow accommodating what I think is a mental illness and and making someone easy in the idea of mutilation. Perfectly healthy individual taking, I mean, you're you're making it to where you have to have permanent health care for the rest of your life. I'm, not just regular well visits. I mean, you are a patient forever. If you ever have heard the stories of people who have detransitioned, I mean, I my heart breaks for these people. And, and so many of their testimonies, they say that they, they the, how is this informed consent, especially when you're a minor? And these hospitals are aghast that people are critical of this and that they want to act like they're the victim when this stuff is made public. And then they they get criticism for it. What did you think was going to happen? I mean, you're engaging in this. And it's unnecessary, medically unnecessary. And you're setting these kids up for, for who God knows what in the future, the hormonal abuse alone. It's really terrifying when you think of it. I don't know how that's informed consent. I mean, that's kind of rhetorical because it just it doesn't seem to be. The latest with the economy, business payroll set to turn negative next quarter and through 2023, says Bank of America. Yeah, you can kind of see now why the administration maybe was like, yeah, it's, I know we're not great on crime, but we'd rather we'd rather take the hits over that than we would the economy, because then maybe we can say, well, we'll get we'll get tougher. We hear your point. I mean, I don't, I'm just theorizing. I don't know what the administration's thinking. Because the economy is bad, though. This is bad. Friday's payroll reports. The unemployment rate slumped near all time lows. The number of unemployed workers that said they said, uh, uh, Bank of, uh, of America's economists summarized that the payrolls data, they said that there was uh, suggesting current expected Fed tightening. They said bottom line is that it's going to be negative next quarter. It's going to be there for the for all of 2023. There's the other the other part of this. And this was a Bank of America credit strategist, Yuri Seliger. I saw this. They said that the September payrolls report was that we should start seeing a slowdown in jobs soon. I think we're kind of seeing it now. I think we've been seeing it this entire time. It's a slow. It's a slowdown in jobs. The economy. And this is interesting. This came by by way of Twitchy. A local bakery had a sign noting the rising product prices. They said that they put this sign up, inflation causing higher prices at the local bakery, explaining all of the price change for the ingredients. And they list it bit by bit. So flour increased. They said in January of 21, flour was $12.19 for what they, for what they used. Uh, went up to 1997 in January of 22. 
And they said as of July 2022, 28.88. Granulated sugar. And they're, I would imagine that they're getting flour. I mean, I'm sure they get it, you know, massive quantity, but their costs. Granulated sugar, 25.69 in January 21. Went up all, a little over a dollar. And then now they said by July 22nd, 34.59. Powdered sugar had an over $10 increase. Shortening, double in price. Went from 41 bucks January 21 to $87 in July of 2022. Donut fry shortening, also doubled in price. Actually more than, went from 42 to 88. They said fresh yeast went from 45 to 63. Cake flour, 15 to $26. Eggs, 40 to $92. Holy wow, that's probably one of the biggest jumps. Rainbow sprinkles, $56 to $86. Salt, 10 bucks to $14. You need the rainbow sprinkles though. I'm st- have you started to see a fuel charge, a fuel, a fuel surcharge on things? I have. If you look at your receipts on stuff, you'll start to see fuel, fuel surcharges. I've seen it on a couple of receipts just in the past week or so. It's an invisible tax of inflation. And then the stock market, more from a business insider from markets, stock market headed for a new 2022 low in October. Man. Yeah, I can see why they don't want to, they'd rather do everything than talk about the economy. Yeah, you'd probably, what can we do just to make it look like we're doing something? I don't know. Let's like look at, uh, I don't know, marijuana offenses. That'll work. Dana Lash here for ARC Seeds. There's a growing sense of instability and uncertainty. Gas, housing, everyday items are way up. Uh, Food prices have the nation reeling. The ability to grow your own healthy food is on almost everybody's mind. So this is why I want to tell you about ARC Seed Kits. You can visit ARC, A-R-K, ARCSeedKits.com and enter code Dana to receive 10% off. Now, ARC Seed Kits, it's a non-GMO seed company. It's family owned and they provide heirloom seeds for across the nation for over 13 years. They want to make sure every home in America has the ability to grow and harvest its own food. Now, these are the highest quality heirloom seeds. They arrive in a sustainable container offering long-term and short-term storage. And they also bring seed-saving knowledge and food preparedness to you and your community. You can get seeds for vegetables and herbs. They have 50,000 organically grown seeds in each kit. We're talking corn, watermelon, cucumbers, lettuce, beans, tomatoes, all kinds of stuff designed to grow new nutrient and calorie dense vegetables and fruits to sustain any home at any time. So, and they can be harvested and regrown year after year. You guys know how heirloom seeds work, right? Chaz Chop in Portland didn't. So visit Arc Seed Kits and enter Dana to get your 10% discount code and be on your way to food and economic security, helping you and your family and your community. It's a limited time offer. Visit arcseedkits.com, A-R-K, and order your seed kits and save 10% today. Shooting down woke culture, one crazy headline at a time. It's the Dana Show. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter, a chapter and verse over at Substack, all kinds of good stuff. You know, it is Columbus Day, and some schools, a lot of schools don't have class today. It is Columbus Day. Now, they keep trying to, the left keeps trying to do the bare minimum and virtue signal that if they change the name of Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day, then the party that is typically the party most often voted for by the people trying to do the changing, that people will forget that it was Democrats who actually sent Indigenous peoples on the trail of genocide to government-owned land. 
And why I say that they do the, the bare minimum, there is a great irony, I find, in the left preaching about, quote unquote, Indigenous Peoples Day for Native Americans on Columbus Day when Democrats, again, forcibly removed people, sent them on the trail of genocide, and they don't even allow them to own their own land on reservations. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the vast majority of land on reservations is government owned. You want to know why you have Native Americans where the why the poverty rate with Native Americans on reservations is like, what, three times that of what it is for everybody else? Because no one can actually build wealth by owning their own property. In fact, it's, it's a little over double. The poverty rate is almost double than that of the rest of the United States. They have these trust arrangements, and it's through the Bureau of Indian Affairs, which is administered by the Department of Interior. And so since people were placed on this land, I think it's only out of 50 million acres, something like 5% of that land is actually privately owned. So everything, it's you basically like just lease it. You don't ever actually own your own property. And so Columbus Day, it's just so ironic to hear the people that are that are screaming about indigenous people's day you support the party that made it so we're going to talk a little bit more about this and also another question what was it like the past couple of years you've had the what christopher columbus statues destroyed you've had the left take down statues over columbus day those are actually felonies my friend jason howerton had asked this question why is it that's a felony you never saw the government react or arrest or charge anyone with a felony who, when they decided to destroy property in this way, the way that you saw the government go after people for parading around the Capitol, for unlawful parading. Just, you know, just something to bring up. We got more on this second hour on the way as well. Don't go anywhere. More of the Dana Show back after this. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188 or text DANA to 998899. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. What would the Hobbs administration's week limit be for abortion access? If it's not 15 weeks, what is it? Look, abortion is a very personal decision that belongs between a woman and her doctor. The government and politicians don't belong in that decision. We need to let doctors perform the care that they are trained and take an oath to to perform. So if an Arizona voter were to conclude from your 
previous answer that you do not favor any specific weak limit on abortion, would they be correct? I support leaving the decision between a woman and her doctor and leaving politicians entirely out of it. That's her answer. She she but that tells you everything that you want to know. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you this Monday, top of our second hour. That's Katie Hobbs talking to I always forget his name. Major Garrett, right? Yeah. Major Garrett on, I don't know, Face the Nation, CBS. And so just to give you some context, that conversation began because Garrett was the Garrett and Hobbs were discussing Hobbs's claim that Carrie Lake, the Republican nominee for governor, who is that is Hobbs's opposition here. Hobbs claimed that Lake misconstrued her position on abortion because Lake said that Hobbs supports abortion with no limitations right up until the baby's crowning. And. So then Hobbs was asked about it. She, every time she's asked about this, she refuses to acknowledge any kind of limitations. And here you can see, or here, Garrett is trying to hone in on, okay, where do you fall if you have any limitations? And she just keeps saying, abortion's a personal decision, this is the woman or a doctor. Okay, well, but, but that's great. Where, from your answer, though, do you have a specific limitation i believe that it's between a woman and her doctor okay but we're trying to find out you are running for governor you owe an answer to the people whose vote you seek can you tell us where you think any kind of specific weak limitation if there's sh- where should that fall in in the instance of abortion i support leaving the decision between a woman and her doctor oh my gosh that's not what we're asking here katie hobbs we're asking whether I she won't answer because her answer is she doesn't support any limitation, period. See, this is the uncomfortable position that Democrats have now found themselves in. And it's why they got so mad at me last week, because I kind of helped highlight that they support limitless. Limitless abortion. So they think that this is a winning issue. But ultimately, I think it seeks to further alienate them from some of the demos that they actually really need in order to win. And they always constantly say that, what did, what did Joe Biden say, that if you don't vote for him, that you're not black? Do you think that black voters do not, they're not supporting this kind of stuff. Hispanic and Latino voters are not supporting this type of stuff. In fact, most Americans don't support this sort of extremist position. Survey after survey after survey after survey, you're looking at over 63, 68% and some, 72%. I mean, the majority of Americans do not, they favor, they fall around, you know, the 15-week the limitation. It feels weird to arbitrarily talk about life this way, but it is what it is. They are opposed to using it as birth control, and that's where Democrats are now starting to get, they're starting to trip up. Because when you ask them post-Roe, all right, So here's where we are. Where's the limitation? Where do you think it should be? The only thing that I can think of that for Senator Lindsey Graham, the only thing that I can think of as to why he decided to introduce that bill in the Senate was to make it harder for Democrats so that they would have to come out and say that 15 weeks isn't good enough for them. They don't even want they don't want any limitations. But that's a risky gambit that I don't think he's a good enough messenger to play. But with this. It is. I mean, this is the, they all say this. I believe it should be between a woman and a No, you believe in limitless abortion right up into. And case in point, the bill that I talked about all last week 
that was co-sponsored by a number of people in the Senate, including Raphael Warnock. That's exactly what it did. Not only did it support all the way up until the baby's crowning, which is insane to me, but it also wanted to reinstate federal funding to pay for it by the removal of the Hyde Amendment. So Democrats are going to have to, in this post-Roe world, explain where they fall on what is or is not acceptable. What do they believe? What limitations do they believe in? None of them will say. Have you noticed this? Every single one of them. There is not a Democrat who has been asked, who has given an actual straight answer on this. They all say the same thing. That's what they all say. Because in reality, their position is the extremist position. They ran pro-life and even moderate on the issue. Democrats out of their party. They, it was well known. They did this, I want to say back in 2012. No, 2012 is when they booed God. Maybe it was 20, maybe it was their, their convention ahead of 2016. I think it was that, 2016. They were running out all pro-life Democrats and any Democrat that did not sign on, even those the more moderate Democrats who were like, well, maybe there should be a 15 week limitation. They were. That's unacceptable. I mean, the rules went out. That's not you don't fall along those lines. That's what they have to figure out here. It was just I mean, what a wild, what a wild answer. And one of the things that Hobbs did and Garrett did not touch on is that Katie Hobbs was against the Born Alive Infant Protection Act. Now, what is that? This is something that actually Barack Obama had voted against as a state senator in Illinois, and Katie Hobbs was against what Arizona's version as well. The Born Alive Infant Protection Act is that if there is a child that is that survives an attempted abortion and is alive, that you have to provide care to that infant, um, which is at that point out of the mother's body. And the Born Alive Infant Protection Act in a number of states uh, provides that and she was against it there's after the kermit gosnell story and all of the testimony of people who worked at that place and the evidence and the photos where you would actually see i mean infants past that 15 week mark and babies that would have survived that were on trays and just kind of tossed to the side. I mean when all that came out the kermit gosnell thing which kind of reignited this the firestorm uh, leading up to the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health in the in the years prior in the years before, that really kind of showcased. I think it made Democrats' position harder because now they actually you have images and a case out there to go along with what their position would be, and it's made it harder for them to justify it. I think a lot harder for them. But she would not. Katie Hobbs would not at all whatsoever put any position. She would not say where do you draw the line of viability. Where's the limit? Stacey Abrams did the same thing when she was on Fox News Sunday. She did the exact same thing. She said, quote, the arbitrary standards of timelines ignore the medical reality that it is a fallacy. We know exactly where pregnancy starts. That sounds like a bunch of words, Alan. First off, fallacy, the medical reality that is a fallacy. That is one of the stupidest sentences and a misused word that I've ever seen. Did someone just get her a thesaurus? The arbitrary standards of timelines ignore the medical reality. Okay, election denier. Uh, the arbitrary standards of timelines. No, we know there's science and then there's not science. Okay, stop practicing, you know, medieval plague doctor whackery. Stop it. 
We know what it is. You know, a, a case in point on this, who was it? The, I think, I think it was maybe The Daily Show. I keep seeing this argument that, that somehow it is, oh, you're, you're just, so you're, you're compromising a position by not supporting in Georgia Senate the guy who supports taxpayer-funded abortion with zero limitations up to the point where the baby's crowning. And that's literally the bill that he co-sponsored. That you're a hypocrite for not supporting that. Well, you're only a hypocrite if you actually support taxpayer-funded abortion on demand and then you don't support one. That would be the only way that that word actually, actually, that's that's the only way that word would work. It's very interesting. And all of the senators that co-sponsor that, just another reminder, there's not a state that prohibits abortion to save the life of the mother, period. But the thing is, is that that's, doctors aren't using that to save the lives of the mother. They, they work with actual women are working with actual OBGYNs and they're going to hospitals. Planned Parenthood likes to act like it's the same thing as a hospital. Remember, they fought to have basic an, an increase in basic standards of care. All these all these a, a, abortion activists were fighting in Texas, that whole Wendy Davis fight. All that was was after the Kermit Gosnell thing when women were dying in his clinic because they did not have uh, a doctor that had admitting pra- admitting privileges at nearby hospitals. They didn't even have an anesthesiologist. They didn't have anybody there on site. In, in Texas, there was a law proposed to say, let's at least make sure that doctors have admitting privileges at hospitals for these facilities. And the abortion lobby actually opposed it. And they said, oh, we're going to close up shop if you insist on pushing this through. And then they acted like abortions were being banned simply because they were being prevailed upon to offer a higher standard of care. You want to be a health clinic, you want to call yourself a health clinic, then you need to operate at the standards that all the other health clinics operate at. And somehow... Not wanting to offer a higher standard of care to women, they argued it was the same thing as closing abortion clinics. It is one of the stupidest conflations ever. And so is this whole abortion, whole battle, the whole thing over it. The bottom line on this is that Democrats failed to shore up their position state by state. They wanted the grift and the money by focusing on the federal issue. They didn't do a damn thing state by state. And then when after all of this happened, they knew this was coming. They saw this case coming. Ruth Bader Ginsburg warned everybody about it for years. They didn't do anything. And now they want to blame everyone else because they did not serve their base. It's not our fault. It's yours. Oh, come on. All right. So it's Columbus Day. And I was made, I made mention of this last hour before we went to break. It's Columbus Day. And uh, now, but the left, I saw this latest piece from ABC. They're pushing Indigenous Peoples Day. They say Columbus Day or Indigenous Peoples Day. The holiday has been shaped by oppression. Columbus Day began as a celebration of Italian immigrants who faced persecution in the U.S. But for many, it's now a symbol of the colonization and oppression of indigenous people. One of the biggest acts of domestic colonization occurred when the Democrat Party decided to flout a Supreme Court order through the the father of their party, Andrew Jackson, and forcibly remove Indians, put them on the trail of genocide, uh, registered, registered them all through the Dawes and Miller commissions, and then put them on government land where they can't even own their own property. And to this day you still out of the 50 million acres only five percent of it's actually privately owned and these people think that changing the name is going to just wash those sins away you really you think that just changing the name is going to fix that democrats they think that just rebranding solves all the sins look we rebranded the uh columbus day 
Don't worry about not being able to own land on these uh, gov- on these reservations that are all put in a trust by the Bureau of Indian Affairs administered by the Department of Interior. Don't worry about that. We, brand- we rebranded it. So you should feel better about yourselves. What a joke. Absolute joke. We have headlines coming up. You don't want to miss. Folks, stop overpaying and let Recoil Gunworks be your go-to for ammo. This is a great Indiana-based company, and it was actually created in a small basement in 2013. Small Midwest town in their basement, and uh, family-owned, they think like us. And they're really known for, over at Recoil Gunworks, their web-based firearms, ammo, and accessories retailer. They're really known for their police trade-in guns in great shape. They pick them, including the firearms, the lights, the sights, the scopes, tasers, and more. You can buy now, pay later, no interest. And at Recoil Gunworks, they have very, very competitive pricing. Super easy to use website as well. Just visit recoilgunworks.com slash Dana. You can search for whatever you need by caliber, weight, application. You can look for brands like Winchester, Federal. Uh, Vast majority of the country, by the way, has no restrictions on receiving ammo and they will note you know they have it all up there very helpfully on their website ammo shipped to your door where legal and they explain that including illinois new jersey and connecticut you need to see the frequently asked questions on that and check the product restrictions page for further state law requirements and restrictions visit recoilgunworks.com dana today to get you a full list of products and use code dana to get free shipping on your next order whether you need it in the woods or on the range recoil gunworks gets it there fast and once you make your first order it won't be the last use code dana right now to get free shipping at recoilgunworks.com slash dana and now all of the news you would probably miss it's time for dana's quick five brought to you by caltech uh Bader o'rourke he'll go anywhere to get an endorsement he showed up at the Dixie Chicks, they decided to drop Dixie off their name because they, they're trying to pretend that they never had it on their name and they're, they're totally woke now. So they just call themselves the Chicks, which I think is super annoying. So the Dixie Chicks, that's her name. They endorsed Beto O'Rourke. Yeah. So they they uh, had a concert and they brought him up on... They, they, I, they brought uh, one of their kids up on stage who had a t-shirt that had O'Rourke's name on it. And they decided, and then apparently Beto showed up and they endorsed him. Oh my gosh, what an annoying concert. You can't even get away from politics at concerts anymore. No wonder their popularity fell. Because it's annoying. No one likes to be preached at by people who sing with their nasal passages instead of their throat. Uh, Also, it's true. uh, This is a very interesting study. So everybody's told, like, what is it? Like when you get... Again, when you get older, everybody has to have a colonoscopy or something like that. There is a major trial that reveals the procedure actually doesn't cut bowel cancer deaths when used as a screening tool. So researchers, and these are uh, Norwegian gastroenterologists uh, who studied this, they said that colonoscopies may not actually be the magic bullet that they were. They said screenings only reduced cancer cases by 18% compared to those who were didn't who who didn't get one and the screening didn't significantly reduce those deaths over a 10-year period so that's kind of interesting it only cut it by a fifth it was published uh, in new england journal of medicine so they said now it's still a valuable screening tool because it does help spot cancers it helps spot any kind of cancers that would otherwise go undetected so i think you just make up your own mind about this uh, oh goodness emmanuel macron from France has criticized Biden's Armageddon warning, warning, saying that we must speak with prudence. 
French President Emmanuel Macron criticized Biden's comments last week, warning of Armageddon as Russia constantly saber rattles for the another year going now about nuclear weapons. And Macron said that prudence must be taken and that resolving the conflict in Ukraine needed to include de-escalation and a solution that's acceptable to the leaders and the people of Ukraine. There you go. And the migrant influx, the illegal entrant influx in New York City, not people who come in legally, people come in illegally, cost a billion dollars. More to come. Stick with us. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show. Listen, I don't need to go to the border on taxpayer dollars just to pull a publicity stunt. Wow. Oh, what a soundbite. So that's one. Goodness, it's Cynthia, Cindy Axney. Is Axney? I don't know, actually know how to say her last name. She's uh, from Iowa's third congressional district. And she's, she's actually, she's in a, in a tough re-election battle. She admitted lying to the House clerk to proxy vote. Uh, this was in August on legislation. She said that she told the House clerk that her absence was due to the ongoing to a public health emergency when actually she was on vacation. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Midterm information. Yeah, she missed a she was going. She was apparently vacationing in Europe or about to go vacation in Europe. And she signed a letter that was delivered to the clerk of the House in August saying that she was, quote, unable to physically attend the proceedings in the House chamber due to the ongoing public health emergency. And so that granted her the authority to proxy vote. And uh, this, well, to cast a vote by proxy to her uh, ally, Democrat ally, Jennifer Wexton from Virginia. And that was the Inflation Reduction Act. She couldn't even be bothered to show up in person to spend. It's not even inflation reduction. She couldn't be bothered to show up in person to to vote on the giant bill taxing Americans. She just, you know, she was vacationing. That's such a great message for midterms. Yay! She was vacationing in Europe as she voted by proxy. How nice for her to be able to go. And That was about uh, as good as... I mean, here we're in midterms, and I'm going to get to some of this stuff. Here we're in midterms, and you have this, you know, this embattled Iowa Democrat who's like, I can't be bothered to go to the border and, and do anything. She, well, she could be bothered to go to, to Europe, she can't be she can't be bothered to visit the border. She could be bothered to go to Europe and then have someone vote for her by proxy. 
Now, Democrats, she wasn't the only one in Europe. The Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee has been having fundraisers in Paris. And they've been having fundraisers in Paris with to raise money with, you know, wealthy expats, I guess, who are over there. And so you had Congressional member Sean Patrick Maloney. He is head of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. He was there with Intel Committee Chair, Representative Adam, Adam Schiff. And they were in Paris and they were photographed uh, having cocktails and or having some wine and some... They were, they were having their aperitifs on a balcony in Paris. And they were right there by the, the, gorgeous, the gorgeous river on the balcony with their, with their wine talking. Uh, it looks like it was a beautiful sunset. I mean, it's ridiculous. They're in Paris drinking wine and eating hors d'oeuvres at a fundraiser in Paris when most Americans are too broke, we're too broke this past summer to even go on vacation. It's Democrats, though. Democrats in midterms. They have a razor-thin majority in the House, and they're, gonna, they're projected to lose it coming up because of stuff like this. Stunts like this. All right, so here's one. I got to get into all of this. Let me pull this up. Oh, my gosh. So there was um, a fundraiser. Over, well, photos of a fundraiser that came out over the weekend. And it had Dr. Oz. It was in Southern California. And he was at the uh, Leon Air Museum in Santa Ana. And it's a, it's a World War II museum. So you have uh, all kinds of... And there's a museum, actually, something like this in, in uh, Dallas... Just very cool. All kinds of theirs is World War One and World War Two, but they have some really you know fascinating stuff. In this museum in Santa Ana, you have jeeps and motorcycles and planes, and these are all vehicles that were used in World War Two. And they also got, which I look at this as a war trophy. They also got Hitler's 1939 Mercedes Benz touring wagon. And the reason I say I look at it like a, a war trophy is because I don't know if you've ever talked to World War Two vets who served over in Europe. I had my grandfather in the Pacific and my husband's grandfather was there. He was one of the dog faces that there was there in France uh, going in. And they uh, ended up, some of them brought back guns that they took from the enemy. It is just a, it's a, it's a longstanding thing. It's not something that you look at as a revered object. It's historical and also, you know, it's like when the predator goes and he gets his trophies and he hangs them up and, you know, on his ship in the movies. It's kind of like that. But anyway, this is a World War II museum. Uh, and there have been, it's run by veterans. There have been so many elected officials that have had fundraisers here. And they had a, this event and they had Dr. Oz there. I think it was for, I believe it was for him. It was at a fundraiser. I know there were several other politicians that were there. And he didn't pose with the car. He was pictured speaking near it is what it was. And he, he was pictured speaking near it. And someone, I guess, took a picture. And it is way, they act like, they act like he he posed right in front of it and it had, they acted like when he spoke that they had the podium right in front of the car and that he was right in front of it. And that's not the case at all. 
he was in the middle of this museum and to the side there are different vehicles and you walk through the middle right so they had the podium and then the screen and then the speakers will go up in the middle so if you took a picture on the left side of him or well, your left his right you would see you know the the things that were to that were behind him that you that were on your right and if you were on his left side uh, then you would be taking pictures of, you know, the th- and that's just, it just happened to be the side of the room that this individual who took a photo was on, and way in the background was Hitler's car. Oh my gosh, the press had a field day with this in the stupidest of fashions. So they said this is, can you believe that Oz was in front of Hitler's car? John Fetterman tweeted, I don't know, I, well, someone tweeted for John Fetterman. I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you're asking donors for money in front of Hitler's literal car, you shouldn't be running for Senate. That is an actual tweet this man put up. What a horrific, horrible, horrible lie and purposefully malicious misrepresentation. I had put, I don't know, I retweeted him. I said, I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you got scared by firework, grab your shotgun and ran down the first black jogger that you saw, and then you use the local police to do all of your oppo uh, for you against people that criticized your, your mayoral tenure, you don't deserve, you should be running for U.S. Senate. He wasn't in front of it. He was literally in the middle, and it just happened to be the angle that someone took the picture. It was really far behind him. And it was partially obscured in the photo by a screen that was up next to the podium. And they acted like he was standing purposefully right in front of Hitler's car as though he was celebrating Hitler. I mean, this, again, was a World War II museum founded by a decorated World World War II veteran. And it has actual pieces of, I mean, there are pieces of history in there. And it's not... When you save things like this, it's not because you're celebrating them. There is something that is just heavy and awful when you see these types of artifacts and these relics from this era. There is something unbelievable, something that it's a learning experience and a realization that goes beyond simply being told, lectured in class or reading about it in a book. I mean, I think the first time that I uh, ever saw one of the stars that they had forcibly, they made Jewish people wear in Germany. I mean, to see that in person, like for the first time uh, when I was younger, and I'm like, that's, I mean, it just brings history to life. And there's an incredible weight that is transferred with that, that goes far beyond looking at a picture or watching something even on television that, I mean, it is there in your reality, right there. It is something unbelievable, and I, that's why these that's why these museums exist because you have to have good or bad the ability to show people like this is this is I mean awfulness here that you from a different era that you can see today, but the way that they presented this, the way that the press, the way that Democrats went at this was really disgraceful. And that was one of the big smears over the weekend. So they, um, and like I said, they've had a number of, there's a number of, of lawmakers that have had fundraisers there. Again, it's a World War II, big giant World War II museum. 
And I don't think stuff like that is going to endear Fetterman to people, especially when they see the photograph and they're like, oh, my gosh, you, the way that you talked about this, it was he was like right in front of it. And he wasn't. Now, the latest, let me look at some of these. Um, I want to make sure that we look at some of the latest in polling. So in Pennsylvania, remember, Fetterman was at four, the average. Now he's dropping. He's at 3.7. That is the current RCP average. And he's he's up 3.7. Warnock in Georgia, is, is he's only at 3.8. In Ohio, J.D. Vance leaves by 1.2, barely anything. In Colorado, Bennett's up by eight. Washington, Murray's up by eight. Those are both Democrats. In Arizona, you have Mark Kelly, who is up four plus one. Wisconsin, Johnson's up almost three points. And Rubio's up almost five in Florida. And that's with the House and the, and, and Senate. See, those are some of the, the closest races here to watch. Whew. So we're getting closer. It's closing in. I really think... And I'm, I'm, I really think that, that Republicans could turn out Pennsylvania if they wanted to. And I think that they could, too. I think they could Georgia as well. Now, as far as looking in Colorado, Lauren Boebert, she's leading her rival, her Democrat challenger, by two points. The, the race is growing closer. The, uh, her opponent raised at 1.7 in three months. A lot of that money came from out of state. They're trying to unseat Boebert. She's been a reliable conservative vote. And in addition to sticking to her guns, she actually co- writes and she's actually putting forth a lot of legislation and co-sponsoring it. She's not just a firebrand who looks for a microphone. She actually is there doing a lot of the work. I know that for a fact. She's there doing a lot of the work. And that's you want something like that. You want someone like that in office. So she's been and, and she's really I think a lot of people were even some of the Republicans were wondering how she was going to handle that and whether or not she was just because sometimes you get people in there and you see this a lot on the left too and they run their mouths and they raise money and they do this stuff and they write books but they actually don't really do anything um she's definitely not one of those we have a lot on the way still america's post-pandemic mental health mess is still being realized we're going to get into some of that we also have steven yates will be joining us in our third hour we get florida man on the way as well I've talked a lot about the Keltec KSG shotgun over the years, and it's no secret how much I love it. It's become the go-to shotgun for law enforcement and home defense, and for a really good reason. Uh, but why am I such a huge fan of the Keltec KSG? Well, like everything that Keltec invents, it created an entirely new class of shotgun, and the one that started it all is the KSG shotgun. It's the first 12-gauge pump-action shotgun chambered for three-inch shells. And with its dual tube mags, offers a capacity of 12 plus 1. So that's six rounds in each tube plus one chambered. If you prefer two and three quarter inch shells, even better because the KSG holds seven plus seven plus one. That's 15 shells. You cannot ignore the downward shell ejection either. It makes the KSG truly ambidextrous and ejects shells away from your face. It's brilliant design. See the Keltec KSG up close and personal at KeltecWeapons.com. That's K E L. TECweapons.com. Again, to find out more, visit KeltecWeapons.com. The Dana Show, sponsored by 30 years of game changing Keltec innovation, like the P50, a new breed of pistol. Innovation, performance, Keltec. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. 
Well, this is in Tampa. A Florida man's attempted hiding from deputies in a pile of trash didn't work out so well. According to the deputies, Brevard County Sheriff Wayne Ivey said in a release on Friday that 31 David Halliman of MIMS, he's of MIMS, he was wanted for kidnapping, false imprisonment, and battery. He's out of Massachusetts. Now, in order to avoid arrest, he hid under a pile of clothes and trash. It didn't work out because canine dog gator canine deputy gator he helped catch the suspect ivy said gator don't he literally said love god love sheriff ivy he said gator don't play that and decided that one of halliman's triceps would probably taste a little bit better like a little bit like chicken so this the sheriff said the suspect quote cried like a baby and surrendered to deputies after gator got a hold of him and the some of the crimes that holloman has been accused of were domestic in nature I mean, he's and he's got uh, one of those really trendy face tattoos right above his eyebrow. I mean, it's real nice there, Clark. Uh, but yeah, he uh, you're not going to hide under trash. Not going to work. Not going to work for you. Uh, also, ooh, I got a couple here. This, I don't understand how this happened, but it did. A Florida woman ordered four empty storage bins on Amazon. And when her package arrived, it actually weighed a lot more than she thought because she just ordered like these empty organizational bins. And then when she looked in her package, the bins were stuffed with 65 pounds of marijuana. Now, she wanted to remain anonymous, but she told WFLA because she reported it to police. She said that as soon as she discovered what was in the package, she called the police in Orlando and they took the stash. They began investigating. They have no idea how it happened because they said that the, the bins were shipped from an Amazon warehouse in Massachusetts. And the customers bought them through Amazon Warehouse Deals, which is their direct outlet, their discount outlet for merchandise that has been scratched or had packaging or something damaged, and it's and preventing it from being sold as new. And so they said Amazon wasn't much help. The couple didn't, they, they got a $150 gift card. So I can hear some people going, they got weed and a gift card? No, but for... <laughs> but I, I, I actually don't know how that stuff happens because I, don't they have pretty like stringent... Um, like shipping, like you know, like they don't they check stuff off. I don't know. I'm just a Florida man survived Hurricane Ian. I'm hearing all kinds of very creative ways that Florida folks actually made it through this horrific hurricane. Uh, this guy, George Andrad, he lived on the bottom floor of a home along Estera Boulevard. When the water began to rise, he went to his apartment's, uh, his neighbor's apartment on the second floor, and he jumped in the fridge as. The water rose to the ceiling. He said, so it, I opened it up and jumped in and it raised. He said the water raised to his chest. He ignored the evacuation orders, he said, because hurricanes in the past didn't impact the island as he expected. He said, Charlie was nothing. It was a joke. Obviously, this wasn't. He's a sous chef and he turned to the fridge in the kitchen, turned it into his life raft. So he opened it up, kept it up and it floated. And he said, uh, that he was bobbing out in the uh, he was bobbing in the water like a buoy out at sea, so that was pretty man. So he was alive, but he does not recommend floating in a fridge to survive. Not at all. We've got a lot more on the way. Third hour coming up next. Stick with us.
If you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and they're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Visit patriotmobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation using offer code Dana. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement, make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. Patriotmobile.com slash Dana. That's patriotmobile.com slash Dana, 972-PATRIOT. Having abortion banned means that we're basically getting our choices of our bodies taken away. And as a woman, that like speaks volume because now I have to be more careful when I have sex or like, it's like standing up for women who get raped or like um, incest and like, it's just such a big deal that they're taking this away. Um, no and it's like we're away. going backwards. So taking away the right to abortion basically makes you have to think a lot harder about who you have sex with. Yes. Okay. Oh, wow. You mean you, dare I say it? Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon. I tell you like it is, and it may be harsh. My way's not everyone's way, but that's fine. I've been in this too long to be uh, kittens and sunshine and sprinkles with my speech. Right? And say it like it is. Also for a point, for a purpose. So as I said, welcome back to the program. Top of our third hour here this Monday. Dana Lash with you. That was at the Women's March. I Did they have, Steve, I'm sorry, but did they have that this weekend? Because I totally forgot that it existed. Um, I had was some that friends that went. So it was by you. That was in D.C. Yeah, it was at the mall. But I, I, I don't know if it was the Women's March, but it was something. Oh. Yeah, I because I totally forgot. Oh, I forgot all about it. I just golly. I as a as a woman and a biologist, you know, if that's what it takes, I guess. It's a little disappointing that women that we've are still that we can only ever talk about the same things over and over and over again. For all of our discussion about the empowerment of women and all of our language and all that, you know, the the rhetoric to that, women themselves don't seem to have gotten that notice. And they still keep going back to, I want Daddy Uncle Sam to pay for everything. I want Daddy Uncle Sam to pay for my abortion on demand's birth control because that's what this is. Like I said previously, no law, there is not a law in the union that prevents the the procedure however you want to call it from taking place from doctors conducting the procedure to when the life of the mother is at stake that is not even an issue i don't know why they keep going back to that and rape and incest are less than one percent that's according to the very very pro-abortion kutmacher institute so i'm i'm not quite sure they it's like this 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 mott bailey fallacy that the left constantly does they like to say that they are there, uh, what is their phrase, safe, legal, and rare. But then when you hear them argue about it and defend it, they are talking about limitless and for free. 
I just, it's just incredibly disappointing that all of this time, that's all we ever hear from women themselves is about the same issues over and over again. Like nowhere in the past 50, 60 years, women have not gravitated towards talking about the economy and jobs or anything else. Women apparently are only able to talk about abortions and everything else and they act like their inability to police their own reckless sexual promiscuity uh, that that somehow is a war upon them and let's be frank that's exactly what this is i'm not celebrating the reckless sexual promiscuity that women try to retcon their conception through abortion as birth control and that's what we're talking about we're not talking about the rate we're not talking about rape and incest which again is less than one percent we're not talking about life of the mother which that is there is not a state that does not have that incorporated in its trigger laws it is specifically about using it as birth control and it's just we're still over still with this it's just come on ladies and I'm being generous. But you heard what she said. This was one of the participants at the Women's March. It means I have to be careful like when I do it now. So you don't want the responsibility that comes from engaging in an act which you know could result in conception. You, so you would have to be responsible. <laughs> My gosh. And, that, and for her, it is, it, I mean, it is about birth control. That's ultimately what it comes down to. I want to set this up because, again, I don't even know why it's the Women's March anymore because doesn't the left say you have to be a biologist to be able to even to say women anymore? I don't know. So this is Harvard Children's Hospital. This is a wild soundbite, and it's a little long, but it's worth it for you to hear. So Harvard, uh, well, it's in a Harvard-affiliated children's hospital. There's a lot of outrage, understandably, from this. It is a bizarre whacked out claim and what they what they say they were kind of they're in a scandal over the age for gender transition whatever surgeries and the hospital had denied that minors were allowed to undergo irreversible surgeries etc whatever but now in this deleted video Boston Children's Hospital they suggested that an even larger number of minors actually know that they're transgender as soon as they can talk, I mean, like even in the womb, listen to this because it's this woke Boston psychologist claiming that tra- from Boston Children's Hospital has their logo and everything on it, that trans identity is known from the womb. Listen to this. So most of the patients that we have in the GEMS clinic actually know their gender, usually around the age of puberty, but a good portion of children do know as early as seemingly from the womb, and they will usually express their gender identity as very young children, some as soon as they can talk. They might say phrases such as, I'm a girl, or I'm a boy, or I'm going to be a woman, or I'm going to be a mom. Kids know very, very early. So in the GEMS clinic, we see a variety of young children all the way down to ages two and three and usually up to the ages of nine. When they come into the clinic, they'll see one of our psychologists and we'll be talking to them about their gender. We'll be talking to their family about how to best support that child and how to make sure that that child has the space and support to explore their gender and uh, do well throughout their development. And we'll be answering any parent questions. A lot of parents do have questions, and so we answer those questions. The biggest piece of advice I give parents uh, who are coming through the gender clinic at Boston Children's Hospital is to just... Just be supportive. Um, sometimes you might not understand. Sometimes you feel like you don't know the terms or you don't. This is so weird. Exactly. So there's a child, a, a psychologist who came out and said, it's, you know, look, it takes years for your baby to become their own person. 
Red State had this child psychologist, Lorna Marsh, who wrote, when, they, when they're first born, your baby is dependent on you for every need. And they will think that you and them are one and the same. Your baby is aware only of their immediate needs. And that that's, they, they spend the majority of their time trying to just gain basic control over their movements and reflexes. And it is the idea, the argument that a, an unborn infant knows the difference, knows the concept between male and female in a world it's never seen. Who boy, that is some serious, serious craziness. How, how many times do you ever hear a two-year-old or a three-year-old say something absolutely ridiculous? Like, oh, like any time every I'm other around. sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Every single time that, yeah, I'm around a toddler. Yeah, exactly. My own kids when they were that age. I, that's just that's just how they are. This idea that. It's been actually described by some psychologists as, quote, hysterical contagion. And they say that's why it's so prevalent in society. That even some scientists who aren't actually practicing science can be prevailed upon to dismiss common sense or scientific theory or et cetera, et cetera. Which is true. I tell you, the most val- one of the most valuable classes I ever had, I had two super valuable classes that I actually learned from. One was in college and I took... I don't know how many semesters of logic. And the first, though, was actually as a senior in high school. I took a, it was an elective. I took a class on mass hysteria. You had two options that semester, current events or mass hysteria. And I thought mass hysteria sounds fascinating. Let's take that. And it was. And this is kind of really it was sort of a prelude to everything that we see now. I think it was one of the most valuable classes that was ever. I think every high school should teach it now because that's exactly what all of this is. It is this hysteria contagion, and that's mass hysteria. It is, psychology today said that it's like the shared psychosis. People behave and think erratically. Um, Red State talked about this June bug epidemic of 1962, in in which a mysterious disease spread among workers at a textile factory. And after scientists and medical experts looked at it, they found there was no disease, and the workers literally fooled themselves into believing that they were sick. It was a social contagion brought about by a high-stress work environment. Now, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't discount that there's a social contagion in gender dysphoria. I mean, there should be, we should have research into this, honestly. Gender dysphoria is already classified as a mental illness. And so now you have this massive number of claims of uh, transgenderism, which, again, gender dysphoria is classified as a mental illness. The media is obsessed with it. It's all over social media. You have that's being promoted in schools. So, yeah, I think you could definitely absolutely say it seems like it's a social contagion. It's mass hysteria. But the idea that babies, that babies know this stuff I was reading this story and I actually was just trying to find it on my notes and I thought I had saved it, but I think I mistakenly did not. But it was this woman. She's an older woman. She's in her 50s. And she was saying that when she was younger, she was a tomboy and she still kind of is. You know, she's uh, married and has kids and she worked as a welder. I think she's retired now. She's like in her late 50s. She worked as a welder. She said she was a major tomboy when she was grown up. Loved wearing overalls, loved going out and doing stuff boys did. Um, loved to hunt and all this stuff and just would love the mud and the bugs and everything. And she said, I'm so glad that I grew up when I grew up. She said, because if I had grown up like that today, those very attributes would have been used 
to deny me my womanhood. And that's a really good point. And it comes back to this thing that I this this thing that I've been I've said before. And I remember the story where you had leftist activists who were saying that identifying boys and girls clothing like in retail like like retailers like Target or Walmart or something like that using you know the stereotypical pink and blue uh, to denote girls things boys things or whatever was sexist and that there needed to be like a gender neutral yellow and all of this stuff and that all of those things that previously had been used to identify females or had been associated with females or even that with males ironically Now those same people claim that if the opposite sex has a preference for those or even likes those attributes, then that means that they are not the sex that they were born as, which it is an oxymoron. It's sexist to use those attributes to represent male or female, but you can then simultaneously use those attributes to judge someone's sex regardless of that's ridiculous. And it's just one of the ways where you have this, this they, they consume themselves with their own illogic. Rabbi Yaakov Menken of the Coalition for Jewish Values joins me to discuss the horrific rise in anti-Semitism towards Jewish families, schools, and more. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, the rabbi and I also discuss how Governor Andrew Cuomo unfairly targeted Jewish residents during the pandemic, the left's ugly anti-Israeli position, and why Iran is eager to use nukes. Don't miss it. Follow The Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So Florida's top doctor, it's weird because they tried to erase this tweet, I think, or this, this yeah, Twitter was, was trying to get him in trouble over this and then they had to walk it back. Florida's top doctor says that men aged 18 to 39 should not get a coronavirus vaccine because the jab raises the risk of cardiac death by 84%. They say he's skeptic. He's a vaccine skeptic. He's not vaccine skeptic. He's a damned doctor who actually understands rushing things like this, particularly if it doesn't actually provide the immunity that a vaccine is supposed to. So what you doing? Dr. Joseph Latipo, he issued the warning over the mRNA coronavirus vaccine. And uh, he's this, everybody's been talking about myocarditis and pericarditis, and there is a lot of discussion about it. There's enough discussion to completely validate any kind of suspicion. And it's insane that he was censored on Twitter over the weekend before his tweet actually was was reposted. They weren't going to allow it to stay up. He's an actual doctor, but the, the Twitter warriors who are pushing buttons uh, at, at Twitter HQ and San, outside of San Fran, they apparently, I guess, thought that they knew more than this doctor, which is nuts. So, hmm. uh, Also, speaking of Twitter, apparently they don't really want you to screenshot tweets. There are a couple of pieces about this, and I hate the source of one of them, so I'm not going to give them any attention online. But they were saying that and I have noticed this as well, because they if you pay for Twitter's crap service, then you can edit tweets. But now they said that users are complaining about prompts. If they screenshot tweets, they're asked instead to share or copy links to tweets. And there have been a lot of screenshots posted of this. 
They don't apparently want you to share the screenshots. They are one, there's something that pops up when you do it, and it says share tweet instead. Very interesting that they do this. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Let's see here. Uh, bird flu was found in Arkansas. A new case. There's always this constantly. Precautions for producers have been urged. The Arkansas Department of Agriculture announced uh, last Friday afternoon that there was a outbreak at one Madison County farm. And they said that uh, it does not affect poultry, meat, or egg products. Any kind of poultry, meat, or egg products. Stephen Yates joins us next. And then we also have gender and the draft. Stay with us. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's Chapter and Verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at DanaLash.com. The president was reflecting the very high stakes that uh, they're in in play right now, Martha, when you have uh, modern nuclear power and the leader of that modern nuclear power willing to use irresponsible rhetoric the way that Mr. Putin has uh, several times in just the last week or two, uh, as well as uh, the the high tensions in Ukraine uh, over just the course of the last few days. So the president, I think, was accurately reflecting uh, the fact that the stakes are very high right now. Well, uh, I think that he was maybe accurately reflecting. I just thought his language was irresponsible. And uh, he was, I think he's prone to hyperbole anyway. But this is a very irresponsible way for him to have gone about it. And we talked about that. So now the cleanup is continuing. And they're trying to justify Biden's Armageddon remark by saying, well, we might actually be in Armageddon. I, but I, I still maintain that that's not the thing that we got to worry about. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Joining us now, our very good friend, Stephen Yates, who you know as a foreign policy expert. He's with the America First Policy Institute, where he is a senior fellow and chair of the China Policy Initiative. And he's been traveling as of late. Stephen, always good to have you. Thank you for your time. I just, I, I, because I really don't, I know that we, we talk about Russia because you know, foreign policy is your wheelhouse, and I don't discount the importance of discussing it. I don't think it's the number one threat. I think Biden's Armageddon remarks were incredibly irresponsible. And he's he it just why would you cause that kind of panic and fear by telling everyone, oh, it could be Armageddon. We're all we could all die by a nuke. I mean, that's what he was saying. I wanted to get your take on this. Yeah, Dana, it was irresponsible and odd. Uh, But frankly, remember, uh, Kirby was brought in from the Pentagon to the White House to try to add some sort of experience and maybe some polish to comments from the White House on things national security. I have yet to be edified by a single statement uttered by him from the podium or otherwise, uh, whether it's the president who seems to pop off at any given time, we're kind of used to that by now, uh, or his White House that gives these long word salads, but doesn't really tell us what we really need to know. What exactly is our mission in Ukraine? What exactly is some kind of an end point toward which we are striving? What are we really prepared to do to negotiate to get to that end point? When is this no longer our problem and Europe is ready to step up and sort of pick up for its neighbors from here? Uh, And so these are basic things that a responsible commander in chief, his representatives in the cabinet and the White House and his friends in in the Congress ought to be echoing under normal times, but we're clearly not under normal times and we're not led by competent people. 
And so when they just pop off about Armageddon or this is a bad dude or whatever fun language the president or vice president wants to come up with. Remember, we were learning very deep thoughts from the vice president at one point about a big country next to a small country and there being some kind of war. Uh, and then there's this whole place called Europe. So we don't exactly have the cream of the crop at the top. No, we we don't. We're talking with our friend Stephen Yates, and you can follow him at Yates Comms on Twitter. I also think it's interesting, unless I missed it, which it would be rare that I did, but I have not seen anyone question Biden or really even Harris or anyone in the administration about the, the, the top of that issue all last week, which was the Musk-Graham uh, argument and Musk's proposal about... I guess, kind of shared administration of Crimea and the Donbass region, which, you know, I mean, is that I mean, it seems kind of we're we're at that sort of point. Is this territory or independence? I don't know. But they haven't been asked about that, which I thought that was incredibly curious, because normally, I mean, if I was a reporter and I was interviewing John Kirby and I was talking to Kamala Harris or anywhere else, that would be a question that I would ask them. And I thought that was kind of curious that no one has posed that question to the administration. Yeah, well, shame on you for using rationality and common sense and seeking the same from representatives in this administration, because it really does cut to the core of what exactly are you trying to do in this in this theater? Uh, and so if you can, if you can't say, you know, what level of force are we really br- bringing to bear? Uh, are you able to have any kind of compromise? Really what Elon Musk was saying on the Russia-Ukraine situation is what a lot of people said back as early as March and maybe even before. I mean, there was all kinds of questions about, okay, an invasion could happen. This is bad for everybody. There are no cost-free outcomes in this. What are you going to do to sue for peace? Or if you're not gonna sue for peace, what is what is the max option you're going for? Because sometimes from this administration, it sounds like it means we have to kick all of Russia's uh, force presence out of Ukraine. Uh, And I don't know whether the American people have really been consulted about what that would really require. Does that not sound like another quagmire, potentially long-term military engagement? And I don't think Lindsey Graham wants to put his shoes into that kind of an argument, given where he's been on the previous conflicts. Yeah, that's a really good point. Talking with our friend Stephen Yates, I want to switch gears. This is a really weird story. And I think you've talked about this once or twice before. Let me pull this up. Because... Normally, you know, we hear when we when we talk about China's policing of its people and their behavioral credit scores and all of this, we're talking about things that are taking place within China. Uh, But now they have it's been reported last week that China has a secret police station in New York City as a part of a worldwide network to hunt down dissidents. They have dozens of secret police stations. There are numerous sources on this, including one in New York City. They hunt down and retrieve dissidents it's a this is a report from a human rights watchdog called safeguard defenders they said the ccp has at least 54 overseas police service stations in 30 different countries including the united states i how in the world are we not oh have already been, how have we not been aware of that this has been going on because that's that's really creepy and i mean they're they're flouting our sovereignty by going after people here within the united states yeah, it's creepy and uh, very, very Legal? disturbing. Uh, and 
frankly, if we had serious people in charge, say like the Senate Majority Leader who comes from the state of New York, he would be asking really tough questions about this because the Chuck Schumer of years gone by was pretty skeptical about the role that China Chinese government plays. This kind of sort of surveillance and harassment of dissidents usually had been done by way of their intelligence services coming out of their embassies. That's sort of the spy versus spy stuff that would be familiar from the past. Uh, if we're allowing any Communist Party related organization to own any property and then engage in any activity like this in any state or city in the United States, shame on us. Uh, but we really, really, really need to be pressing for what exactly is this? Because I don't really like the idea of any foreign government of any kind having a sort of a police-like presence right. in our country outside of those normal channels. But you know, not all countries are equal. And when it comes, when it, you know, whether it comes to Russia, Iran, and China, I think they should get zero. Yeah. And so, and so we just start start from that. I think simple, rational, common sense premise: they should have zero of yeah. this anywhere in the United States. And everyone in the New York government, governor, the Senate, the uh, representatives, the congressional, all of them should be pressed. What is this? Yeah. And how do you possibly explain it? How is this happening here? I mean, I'm still not even used to Democrats using federal agencies and weaponizing them <laughs> to go after, you know, here, American dissidents, much less having now the CCP operating these secret police stations. So looking further to the Pacific, North Korea throwing a bunch of missiles over Japan, I, I don't mean to make light of the situation, but I do remember there was a time when they couldn't even get missiles over into Japanese waters, much less over the island nation. So it it also strikes me as, as being a, a move of convenience, because here with all of everything happening with China and Taiwan, now North Korea decides to just to fire off all of these missiles. Give us a little insight, because you have said before that North Korea is kind of the attack dog for China. I mean, they, they need them rowdy and they need them wild for a multitude of different reasons. So is that why it seems like they're making these moves right now? Well, North Korea just flat out doesn't exist without communist China. Uh, there There's all kinds of uh, means by which that is so from their access to financial markets uh, shipping routes by air, uh, the kind of proliferation activities that North Korea engaged in to get their nuclear capabilities that brought draw us into negotiations 20 plus years ago, all were by way of connections and collaboration with China. Uh, and so it just flat out doesn't exist without communist China. So it is a little bit too much of a coinkydink for China to be very aggressive lately, mm. having their party Congress where Xi Jinping is going to be reelected by the ever so close margin of 99 to nothing. We'll just leave Ooh, the one out as a fudge factor. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's it's definitely the case that if China didn't want North Korea to be provoking Japan, it wouldn't be provoking Japan. And provoking Japan is not just for its sake. It, we, it's known that it's an alliance with the United States. So an attack on one is an attack on all. Uh, and so it's just part of this broader theater in that first island chain of Japan, Taiwan, down to the Philippines and the South China Sea, where China's pushing the limits mm -hmm. with all of its rowdy friends. Last question for you, uh, talking with our friend Stephen Yates, you should definitely follow him at Yates on Twitter. And not to downplay, again, I, I feel like I have to pay this, this indulgence to even make this <laughs> remark because you know how the internet reacts to things. But as the longer that Russia pursues this conflict, it seems the greater 
the cover is extended for whatever China would like to do as it relates to Taiwan and even elsewhere. And I, I kind of wonder, I mean, I don't think it's an association that Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin have arranged, but it hasn't, you know, I have thought that, you know, I think it benefits Xi Jinping and the CCP for this, for that to go on as long as possible. Oh, for sure it does. And I'll just take it from just a strictly an American governance point of view. Uh, from my time in the White House many moons ago, uh, lots of Americans will brag about the ability to multitask. That is a lie, uh, that they're barely able, able to do one thing at one time with effectualness. And so uh, you add in multiple challenges at once. Uh, the bad guys of the world have watched how this administration, I mean, all administrations struggle with this, but this administration can't even tell you what day of the week it is without an anonymous official having to correct the record after they've given the answer. And so our adversaries see that. And uh, so, yes, as, as long as things grind out between Russia and Ukraine and with the attack on this bridge and the ebb and flow of this conflict, there's no light at the end of this tunnel right now, as far as I can see, just as a pure analytical matter, by all means. The administration seems seized with it politically, ideologically, and strategically. Uh, and that means that they have less bandwidth and less seriousness to throw at other challenges. So it means that Chinese can expect to have a lighter touch in negotiations and everything from trade to security and maybe even Taiwan for that matter. Uh, so I think there's a lot of reason to be concerned about the way this has been going and a lot of reason to be concerned by how poorly the administration has handled it and it just grinds on. Two more years, two more years. Oh goodness, just please don't let it pop off until like, let's just get something changed here in two years. Stephen Yates, as always, we appreciate your expertise. We're very grateful. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you, Dana. Take care. Thanks. You too. We have uh, more to come as well. And I had a headline for you, too, really quickly before we go, uh, that I thought this was interesting because over the weekend, you know, one of my sons is about to turn. He's on the cusp of turning 18. And without missing a beat, U.S. government set the you're about to turn 18. Don't forget the selective service. They got to register for the draft. And I put online, I don't want to hear a single damn thing about toxic masculinity again. When America's sons have to register for the draft when they turn 18. And I had a bunch of people in the comments that were making a very interesting remark. They, some were saying, well, you know, they could just uh, identify as women and then just skip the draft. Or some were saying, well, what about the women who identify as men? What's going to happen with them? Now, here's what's interesting. So this comes out. Uh, there's a couple of different uh, places that are reporting this. But apparently the Biden administration's requirements for who must register for selective service, even if you identify as transgender, but you're born male, that includes males who identify as transgender. Hmm. Interesting. So that is one of those that was enacted through an executive order when he took office so that you have to be treated that if you identify as gender, you should be treated by, by the military according to their gender identity, but they still means you are a male who could serve. So what about women who are? Interesting. It's The selective service does not require those who were born female, but identify as transgender, so claim that they're men, to register for the draft. But I thought Kamala Harris was all about equity or whatever, right? Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. 
I will be on my friend Jesse Waters' program tonight on Fox, 6 p.m. Central Hour. So make sure you check it out. And then as always, you're going to want to sign up for Chapter and Verse because I got a couple of things coming out uh, out for you there, uh, including this. I'm going to link this and we'll talk about this tomorrow. But so there's audio out now. It's described as Joe Biden's emotional voicemail to Hunter. Now, it was during the time uh, in it was in October of 2018. And that's when Biden filled out his 4473 his his transaction record that he did not use unlawful drugs. And then he admitted that he was a crack addict in his memoir at the exact same time, the exact same year, the exact same month. So that's a felony. And then this voicemail apparently is from that exact point. It's October 15th. And he's talking to his son, trying to help him through his like crack meltdown. Like literally like two days before, three days before he buys this gun. So I'll have that linked in your newsletter. All right. uh, Today in stupidity, Kane is out right now until Thursday. Steve is coming up. All right. And it's as a substitute, a wonderful substitute. Stacey Abrams is still four years in on this uh, backpedaling of this election line. In 2018, I acknowledge that he was the victor of the vote. And if you listen to the next 18 minutes of that speech, and I did this morning, actually, I spend a great deal of time explaining that when I say we won, I'm speaking to the National Action she Network. She's like totally denied it and actually still did just recently. Folks, that does it for us today. Sign up for the newsletter. I'll be on Fox tonight. Have a great night. Back with you behind this mic tomorrow.